welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the episode. I have missed you. It's been, I think, about a month since I've done an episode. Um, my goal this year was to produce an episode every single week, and I have done a pretty good job of that up until now. And so I, I don't have an excuse except that um, I haven't done it. The end. I don't believe in making excuses. I just, I haven't done it. And there are lots of reasons why none of them are good enough. They are all terrible uh, excuses. If I had prioritized my priorities, I would have shipped a podcast every week. So I'm taking ownership of my lack of commitment to my commitments and my own mediocrity. But I'm here now. So I it's hard because this is what happens is I missed uh, an episode and I was supposed to talk about my my last part of my European trip when I was in London and I got to do my speech and um, kind of the the wrap up of my European trip and how awesome it was. So that was my next episode that I was going to do. And then I had another episode planned and then another episode planned. And so I felt like I couldn't do the stuff that was really burning in my heart until I got caught up. And then it just got more and more and more behind. And then it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. And I don't, I don't necessarily want to skip all the things that are going on now in order to talk about what happened then. So I am going to just start now with what's going on now. And then I'm going to do later episodes on all the stuff that I missed. Okay. Okay. So what's going on now? Hi. <laughs> Uh, so much is going on. It's fall in Miami Beach. It's fall everywhere. Idiot. I'm, I say some of the weirdest, stupidest things. It's fall everywhere. Um, but the temperature, the weather here, I'm starting my podcast talking about the weather. This is a terrible story. <laughs> way to start a podcast. Like we're strangers in the elevator and it's awkward and I don't know what to say. Well, it's, it's isn't the weather out there just, just spectacular? Well, it is. It's like fall in Miami Beach, it's kind of like they just turned the temperature on the sauna down and it's like, oh. and I, I love the heat. I love summer here. I, I did not feel like running away from summer here. Like a lot of people do. Um, it's very oppressive. You walk outside, you immediately sweat. It's very, very hot. I didn't mind it. I love being super duper hot outside, but then when it cooled off, I realized, oh, it does feel kind of nice now. <laughs> So the humidity went away and um, we actually had a couple of mornings where it was around 60, 62 degrees on the beach for boot camp. And I was so cold that I wore my Love Your Melon pom-pom stocking hat to the beach. And of course, Minnesotans are like, you are crazy. That is not cold at all. But when you're in the wind by the water at sunrise, 60 degrees feels kind of cold. So it's chillier, but that's all right. Um, it's busy. This this fall is the busiest I have been, which is saying something, but so many great personal training clients, um, coaching clients, boot camp is booming. Um, started working for F45 training on South Beach, um, uh, training at the Carillon, which is a spa right up down the, right up down, right up the beach. And then decided to do 75 hard this fall, another round of 75 hard. 
Um, and then also just on a whim was like, yeah, I think I'll go to Athens, Greece and run the authentic marathon in November. Cause you know, there's not enough going on. So that is what's going on that and, uh, planning for, uh, travel, my sister's wedding, um, Roy, it's, you know, it's, it's no secret, I guess. Roy is my boyfriend enjoying being enthralled with this wonderful man you know it's hard to focus on work when you're in love and um it's just there's just so much but I'm gonna start I'm gonna start by talking about 75 hard because a lot of you found my podcast because of my 75 hard episode when I did 75 hard back in 2019 so if you're not familiar 75 hard is a program by Annie Frisella who is the CEO of First Form, which is a supplement company. Um, He started this challenge for himself a few years ago because he was overweight and out of shape and he was sick of himself. So he decided for 75 days in a row, he was going to do two workouts a day. One of them was going to be outside. He was going to take a progress picture every day, drink a gallon of water every day, have no alcohol, no cheat meals, and read personal development books, 10 pages a day. And it became kind of a phenomenon and people started to do it with him, turned it into a program called 75 Hard. And the caveat is if you mess up or miss one thing on any day in the 75, you have to start over, completely start over from day one. There's no excuses. There's no room or margin for error. And that's what makes it a beautiful program because you're all in or you're not in at all. So I did it in 2019. It changed my life dramatically. It really had me level up. Um, I started I started my personal training certification during 75 hard. Um, I decided to start doing a podcast during 75 hard. I ran my second marathon. I developed a really beautiful relationship at that time. Um, I took a lot of risks in my life. I started building my business very slowly and it changed my life. And then I did the Live Hard program, which was also revolutionary to my discipline, my integrity, my personal toughness. So it's been a long time and I've done all these bodybuilding shows and all these different things. I've been dieting like crazy, prepping for shows and really developing an unhealthy relationship with my body and a really just difficult relationship with normalcy around food. And so 75 hard seemed like a great thing to pick up to just get everything lined back up again. So I decided to do it as soon as I got back from my European trip. And so I started on September 19th and I decided to ask people around me, hey, does anybody else want to do 75 hard? So a bunch of people did. And so it started out, we had a WhatsApp group. I think we had 14 people in it. Um, Or wait, no, there was 11 people in it. It's grown since then. And I said, if you're going to do 75 hard with me, you're going to do it. It isn't, I'm going to try to do it. It's not going to be, well, I sort of, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. No, if you're going to do 75 hard with me, you're going to sign up to do it. And it's going to be like you're getting on a bus and going to boot camp. You don't get to go home. You don't get to skip a workout. You don't get to say, oh, this is too hard. No, you're doing it. And so one of my good friends from boot camp, Danny, decided to do it. And Roy decided to do it. 
And I, of course, was doing it. And then um, Diana, one of my friends, one of my longtime clients, her husband and her decided to do it. A couple of my other really great clients decided to do it. Bernadette. Um, I'm naming your names because you listen to my podcast. <laughs> Bernadette, uh, Melissa, two Melissas, Elena, anyway, uh, and Michelle. Anyway, so it's been this really great reset to just get back to routine, um, showing up really vigilantly and not slacking. I, I decided that also the diet portion, you get to pick a diet on this. I wanted to do something to reset my gut biome because I started to have some reactions to foods that were not normal. Like I was starting to get some inflammation in my gut. Um, I'd eat certain things and it would my belly would blow up like I was pregnant. And um, just systemic inflammation. And my friend Courtney had talked to me about how a lot of that was due to most likely um, one of several factors, potentially leaky gut potentially um, some bad bacteria overgrowth in my gut um, and some food sensitivities because of that. So one of the ways that you can heal your gut and really reset your gut biome is to go onto the carnivore diet. And so you have to basically only eat meat, meat and water. (laughs) Um, That's the purest way to do a carnivore diet. And what happens is all the bacteria that's living in your gut that eats um other things like dairy that feeds on sugar, that feeds on artificial garbage, all those bacteria have to die because you're not feeding them anymore. And when they die, often you have a reduction in inflammation. You have obviously the chance for good bacteria to repopulate your gut and um, it can be just a really great reset. So I decided that the first um, 30 days of 75 hard, I was going to do carnivore. So that's what I started to do. And it took a little bit of tweaking to kind of get it to where, to get it dialed in. I I gave myself some, some wiggle room on what exactly it was going to be. So I decided I was still going to have coffee and that I was going to have almond milk in the coffee and then use organic stevia to sweeten it. uh, Because those things are typically not going to be feeding the bad bacteria. So my diet was going to be meat, eggs, coffee, organic stevia, and unsweetened almond milk. And so I started doing that, but I started including, I included things like chicken sausage, jerky, um, and like little like meat sticks that didn't have sugar. But I started to feel like, no, I want to be more pure about this and not have spices and not have any of those things. So I got rid of everything, like everything fried. So no fried chicken wings, no deli meats, no um, jerkies, none of that stuff. So after a couple of weeks, I'd gotten it down to where I was basically making um, pot roast in the oven, which is salt and pepper, pork loins in the oven, which is salt and pepper, fish, shrimp, um, just air fried, eggs, um, no nitrate, no sugar cured, anything. And so, and then I also went off all diet pop, all gum, obviously, like everything else, no condiments. Um, and it was a really crazy shift right away in my, the whites of my eyes got clearer. My eyes in general got clearer. Um, I went out like my shoes all got really loose because I didn't realize there was just this level of inflammation in my body that was pretty subtle. But it all went away. I dropped like five pounds within a few days of water weight. 
and just, you know, intestines, you know, you have a lot of food built up in your body, a lot of fiber. So not eating any vegetables or fruit, all of that kind of goes away. And when you're eating just meat and eggs, your body utilizes most of that. So very little waste. So my stomach bloat went down, my stomach size went down, my digestion cleared up, just easy peasy. Mental noise about food went away, just I really, really, really enjoyed it. Got into the groove and really enjoyed it. So I did that for the first, I was going to do it for the first 30 days, but I decided to break 75 hard up into three pieces, three 25-day pieces. So I actually stopped doing carnivore after 25 days. And I decided to just slowly add other foods in, starting with apples and bananas. Because of all the foods that I stopped eating, I missed apples so much. So I started eating apples and bananas and nuts, actually. And that actually really messed with my guts after being on carnivore, just meat. And so um, for a couple of reasons I'll talk about later, I went back to carnivore. So this middle part of 75 hard, my diet has just been basically um, confusing because I don't want to stay on carnivore for the rest of my life and I don't really know how to eat now. I'm just being really honest. I have no idea what to do because um, the goal for me on 75 hard was to reset my gut biome and then not diet. Because I have been in this cycle of signing up for shows and going on prep diets for two years. And my instinct, especially like now, my weight is higher than it's been in a while. Um, I'm not fat. I'm not overweight. But I'm not shredded. I'm not very lean right now. I want to go on a diet really bad. Like I really just want to shred down. And there wouldn't be anything wrong with that except that I need to stop doing that for a while. I need to let my body just be my body. I need my hormones to stabilize. I need to not restrict any macronutrient. I need to just eat sensibly. And so just kind of continuing every day to get up and grapple with what that means each day has been tough. It's been the hardest part of 75 hard for me has been to allow myself to eat, to eat real food, to not worry about the scale And now some people do 75 hard because they want to lose weight and get lean and get in shape. That's fine. That happened to me the first time. But my goal this time was really different with the diet. I'm not eating sweets, treats, desserts, or alcohol. But other foods, now that I'm off of carnivore, I'm just trying to get back to a healthy relationship with eating all of those things. And it's been tough. I sit here all day and I work with clients on nutrition. I know how to lose weight. I know how to keep weight stable. Um, I know how to teach everybody else to do that, and I understand all the things that go with it. And for me, just sticking to that normalcy is difficult because I've been doing such extreme um, contest prep and dieting for so long. So while I loved doing bodybuilding shows, um, the effect long-term on my ability to just just be um, has been significant. And I, I think I was really unprepared for how long it would take me to come back to a place of normalcy. Before I started doing shows, I, you know, I felt really good about my diet. I knew I could take 30 days and kind of dial it in in certain areas, go back to, you know, just dialing it in, just cutting out sweets and treats and all of those things. And I could get, you know, a few pounds off and find my happy little weight zone again. I've, I've had to. I've maintained my weight loss for a decade And I've always kind of known how to do that. But then the massive swings in bodybuilding um, competitions and being so incredibly hypervigilant has really um, 
just, it's been, it's become habitual and there's patterns there that I got to break. So all that to say 75 hard has been a huge look in the mirror, figure out where I really need to work and be willing to confront it. So, um, it's day 37 right now. So we're halfway. So my goal today is to come up with, um, my final half of 75 hard, um, food rules. So now that I've kind of, I've come off of carnivore, so that's done. By the way, carnivore, in my opinion, not sustainable. I just don't think it's ever sustainable to completely cut out any one food group, especially all of them. To cut out all fruits, all vegetables, all grains, all carbohydrates. Um, my body liked it for a period of time, but I just... I. I can't imagine doing that forever. And if I can't imagine doing it forever, um, then I, it's just not sustainable, at least for me. So I definitely am eating more meat than I ever have. I probably will always skew that way more now because I've found a lot of meats that I love. Um, but I won't be perma, I won't be perma carnivora. <laughs> Permivore. I won't be a permivore. So anyway, um, so that's where I was 75 hard. And it's funny because Roy was going to do it. He was gone in San Francisco for the first week that I was going to be on it. And he said, I'll start it a week after you do. I'll start it when I get back to Miami. I was like, why? Why are you going to be mediocre? He's like, well, I'm working in San Francisco and I have to get up super early and commute and work long days. I'm like, so you can't do a workout before you go to work and a workout after? And I held his feet to the fire a little bit. And he started on the same day. And Roy is somebody who's never done a challenge like this before, and he has never worked out, he's not worked out every day consistently ever in his whole life till he met me, and then now to do it twice a day, it's just like, who am I? That's really how he feels. Um, and who is he? He's a rock star. That's who he is. So I'll keep you posted on 75 Hard. It's super fun. Um it's it's really really hard to do 75 hard but when you're in the thick of it it just feels so good to be living according to a program and to feel like there's just there's just a system to the day and I love that I love a good system How much money have you spent in the last year working on your diet, exercise, fitness, etc 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 If you were to add it up and then compare it to the results that you've gotten, what would you think? Because it seems like most of us spend a lot of money on workout plans, diet programs, maybe ebooks, a six week challenge, special diet food, protein shakes, um, a lot of different things. And we get to the end of the year, and a lot of times we see like we did not reach our goals, or we went backwards when we were trying to go forwards, or we just didn't get the results that we want. Well, that's very typical because we often buy things that are really inexpensive. We do things for a little bit of time and then lose interest. And we ultimately don't make a commitment to make sure that we follow through. So if that sounds like you and you're frustrated, I want to help you. I am launching a program for 2023 that is a full year commitment. And it's going to include everything that you need. You're going to use my app. I have an app where I build you a custom workout program in phases. So every single month you have new workouts that you can do at home or at your gym. 
You're going to get a nutrition plan that is going to be updated every single month. It's going to tell you what to eat exactly, or it's going to give you your calorie and macro numbers exactly. You're going to have a calendar in that app that tells you, what do I need to do today? What do I need to lift? What kind of cardio workouts do I need to do today? What are my macros? How am I doing? You're going to get to talk to me once a month for a check-in. How are your workouts going? How's your nutrition going? And this is going to happen every month for an entire year. I'm going to be with you when you're full of motivation in January and February. I'm going to with you be with you to tweak your plan when it gets to be the spring and you're tired and you need an adjustment, you need something new and fun. I'm going to be with you to tweak all of this in the summertime and in the fall and all the way up to the holidays so you can spend the next year actually making progress every single month to get the body that you want, get the health and wellness that you want, and just get it all done. You don't need to spin your wheels anymore, but you do need to invest in you once and for all. Stop throwing your money down the toilet. Stop going from thing to thing to thing and pick a trainer, pick a program, pick a solution once and for all for you. That's the Kristen experience. If you want more information, you can book a call with me at kristensmithonline.com. Tell me what you're after and I will help you get there once and for all. That's kristensmithonline.com. It's important to surround yourself with friends who level you up, who call you higher. I always say that. I'm like, you've got to be around people that make you want to do hard things and that challenge you. And then um, I have a friend whose name is Danny, and he decided to do the marathon, the authentic marathon, the one that goes from marathon Greece to the um, finishing blocks in the arena, the Olympic arena, arena in Athens, Greece, the Acropolis. They run it every year. It's November 13th. There was just enough time for him to register before it closed when he decided to do it. He had seen, um, he's a pilot, and so he flies overseas like every week. And he was over there in Greece on a trip, and he was doing 75 hard, and so he had to do a workout. So he decided to go for a run. He ran into the Acropolis, stood on the one, two, three, you know, the, the Olympic uh, risers for the winners, and was inspired to sign up to run the marathon. So the original path of the very first marathon is um, starts in Marathon, Greece, ends in the Acropolis. In Athens, the very first person to run 26.2 miles delivering a message died. But now 15,000 people are signed up to run that course November 13th, 2022. And three of those names on that list is Danny, Roy, and Kristen. So he decided to do it and he, and I'm kind of his coach, his nutrition coach, his, um, he's working on some body transformation stuff and he's like, I think I'm going to do it. And I said, I think you should, I think you can. And then uh, we were talking about it in, with Roy and I was like, we should do it. And Roy's like, face lit up. He's never run more than a 5k. And I've done two marathons, but I was done doing marathons. It was kind of in my past. But the idea of this was so cool. And seeing Roy's face lit up like that and Danny's face lit up, it's like we're in. So Roy and I went online to sign up. This was the last week in September. And it was sold out. It had just sold out. So I messaged Danny. I'm like, Danny, we tried to sign up and we can't. It's sold out. I don't understand. The registration ends October 1st, but you signed up and then we went to sign up and you must have gotten one of the last spots. 
so super bummed where I was super sad I was not sad at all I was like oh thank god I don't have to do this this was such a hasty decision to train up for a marathon in seven weeks I've done it before um but I I didn't really think that I wanted to do it but whatever so Danny doesn't take now so he sent an email begging them I signed up and then my friends weren't able to and we were so excited and so he sent an email and a week went by never heard anything but then another couple of days went by and Danny came to boot camp and said did you check your email so I opened my email on my phone and there it was of course your friends can register just fill out this form and send it in and we'll take them so I was like we're going to Greece baby so that that was that. So sent in our registration, found flights that were ridiculously cheap. So cheap that we can fly from Miami round trip to Athens. Cheaper than we can fly from Miami round trip to Minneapolis for Christmas. So clearly the universe wants us to run this marathon. So um, we immediately started training. Um, again, Roy has never run more than a 5K. Uh, we started running a couple of short runs a week and then a long run on the weekend. So our first long run, um, the three of us tried to do, we were going to do 10 miles. And so we set out to just run down to South Beach and back, which is about 10 miles. So I said, we'll run, we'll run you know, eight or nine and then we'll run walk the rest and we'll just ease in. So we ran down to South Beach and we were so fired up. We all felt really good. We kept running all the way around South Point, down through South of 5th and back. And because we did that, in order to get back home, that whole course was 14 miles. So at the 10 mile mark, I was done. And so I started to run walk. And the boys were so excited, they just kept going. And when all was said and done, I ran 10 and then ran walked another two and then walked the last. And, um, Roy basically ran all 14 and Danny ran, I don't know, 12 or something. But the bottom line is we got done and it was this epiphany of, you know, if we can do this as our first long run, we could easily, we know we're going to finish the marathon because right now we could walk for another 10 miles and we wouldn't die. But it was such a high and it was so cool to see those boys all lit up. Again, I've done this a couple of times and I'm, I'm so excited to do it. And I know the joy of crossing a finish line and seeing these guys' excitement and knowing that they're going to taste that just makes it so much fun to watch. And especially Roy, because Roy has, Roy went from a life where he just didn't do active things to now he's working out at boot camp. He's lifting in the gym. I wrote him some training programs because he wanted to start lifting. He's changed his body. He's a coach in boot camp. Now he's training to run a marathon. I don't know. There's something about dating me that's just, I don't know, makes people crazy. <laughs> But I'm not forcing him to do any of this stuff. This is stuff he wants to do. And so if he wants to do it, I will give him the plan. I don't have to nag him. I don't have to ask him if he's lifted. He goes without me. He's like, hey, when are we lifting? He is so motivated. So I, it's so attractive and I'm so proud of him. So we got that first run done. And then it was really, really, we were really sore for a day or so. And then we were fine. So we kept doing our short runs. Well, here's the problem. I had just gotten done with carnivore and I was putting food back into my diet that is not uh, protein. So apples, nuts, bananas. These are all highly fiber filled or fat filled foods that totally I had not had in my system for uh, almost a month. And my body was like, what's happening? 
and immediately wanted to evacuate all the things, which is terrible, but even more terrible when you're running. So I had this issue the first time I ran a marathon, my whole training. I had an issue with my intestines, my guts falling out, if you know what I mean, um, every time I do a long run or run more than an hour. But then the second time I did a marathon, I didn't have the issue. I don't know what happened. I never figured out really what the main problem was. But here I am again, training to run for a marathon, and I'm having this issue. So one of our short runs, we went out. It was really hot. Um, It was in the evening. I was trying to get it done before I had to um, teach at F45. And we went on the run, and we came back, and I was so sick. My guts, if you know what I mean. And I was dehydrated and depleted because it was just such a, a an immediate reaction. So I'm like, all right, I can't, I got to maybe not eat nuts because nuts are just pure fat and they go right through you. So I'm like, all right, I'm taking the nuts out of my diet. But then our long run, the next long run, Roy and I had to do alone because Danny was traveling. And so um, we decided to get up really early and do 13 miles before boot camp. Um, on a Saturday. So boot camp is at 7.30. So I said, okay, I need to be back no later than 7. So I can strip off my sweaty clothes, change, grab all the boot camp stuff, get my brain into boot camp and go run an awesome boot camp. Saturday boot camps are really high energy, typically big groups of people. I have to be on my A game. So we left at like 4 a.m. And we decided to run north. So the beach path <laughs> where I am, if we run south, you run down to South Beach. And you run along um, along the beach, but just one block over is Collins Avenue, which is all hotels and retail and stores and whatnot. But if you run north from where I live, you have a little bit of that, but then you go into the woods, um, big, big wooded park area along the beach and along Collins. There's no hotels there. It ends up into a little town called Bell Harbor, which is a really fancy schmancy little town with super duper lush, fancy hotels that are set way off of the road. You can't go into them, manicured lawns. Past that is a bridge. You go up over the bridge and on the other side is a really dark park area called Hallover Park. Again, there's a beach path, but it's dark woods. There's nobody over there. And then eventually you end up in Sunny Isles, which is retail and all of that. So we decided to go north. So we were running north, and it was about a mile in when I realized, oh no, my guts, my intestines are not happy. So I'm gonna have to find a bathroom. So we're running, but I'm also into the idea of what you think about, you bring about. So no thinking about this. I start telling my body, you are fine. You have big things to do, like running for three hours. We don't need a bathroom. We're just fine. Everything is fine. I'm fine. You're fine. The world is fine. So we're running through the woods. I'm looking. I see, okay, there's some park buildings. But the bathrooms are all locked. Someone comes and unlocks all the bathrooms at the public parks at 7 a.m. So this was not 7 a.m., but I'm like, well, it's fine. It's fine. So we come out of the wood area. We get into Bell Harbor, super fancy area. I'm like, mm, maybe some of these parking ramps or parking garages will have a, like a restroom available because, you know, they're, this is a fancy area. They're not going to just have a porta potty, but they're going to understand that there are people that have to use bathrooms. No, they do not. There is nothing. Beautifully manicured, giant, grassy lawns in front of these fancy schmancy hotels. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to the bathroom. But 
mind over matter, just keep going, said nothing. I'm not going to verbalize this and give it power. So we're running, Roy's happily running. We've got a nice pace going. It's beautiful. We get to the big bridge. We run up the bridge. This is great because in the marathon, there's lots of hills. And other than this bridge, we have no hills to run on here. So we have one hill. Like, this is great training. So we're running up the hill, and then we run down the hill. And all of a sudden, there was no more ignoring the situation, and I had to stop. And I'm just standing there. I looked at Roy. I'm like, um, uh, no, I got, I got to go to the bathroom. I cannot move. If I move, it's all over. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to run up over here across the road to the marina. There's got to be a building with a bathroom that's open. So I started just kind of walking, clenching, walking. Sorry that this is going to get a little not beautiful. Okay. This is the point in a story where you might just want to skip if you don't like um, stories about things that are gross because it's going to get gross. So I'm walking, I'm lock-kneed, locked glutes, squeezing my body into a knot, willing everything to stay put. And Roy is running up ahead, trying doors, looking around corners, looking for bathrooms. He comes running back. He's like, there's nothing, babe. You're going to have to just go. You're going to have to go in the woods. I'm like, I (laughs) I don't know. I can't do that. He's like, no, no, you're going to have to. I said, no, you don't understand. I don't know how to do that. I have never had to do that. I've had to pee in the woods and it was traumatic. I have never had to do what I need to do in the woods. Plus, do you see any woods here? We are in the middle of a parking lot in a marina. Um, I didn't say it like that, but I just said, no, I don't, I, I can't. And so he's like, let's go, let's go over across. We went back over the road to the other side where the beach path goes along the beach and along there's like woods between the beach and the path. And then there's just giant park space. So we're we're on that path. I said, okay, I think I can run again. I think it's gone. I think I'm fine. So we start running, run for a minute. Nope, stopped. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Okay, this is bad. And it was at that point that there was just nothing that could be done. And I'm like whimpering. I don't know what to do. And I said, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. So Roy runs over into the woods and shows me, demonstrates how one would squat and hold on to a branch for support and be able to go to the bathroom. And so I had no choice, you guys. I had no choice. So Roy ran back to the path and he, of course, did not want to stop running. This is a training run. And he wants to prove he can run 13 miles without stopping because that's going to help him in this marathon. And so he goes to the path and just starts jogging in place, jogging in place. And I run right over to the woods and I grab the branch for support and I have to do my business. And at that moment, I was covered head to toe with mosquitoes in my ears, in my mouth, in my nose, um, on my now bare butt. And I'm doing my business. Just, and my, I'm dying. My heart is dying. My head is dying. I'm mortified. I am absolutely horrified that this is happening to me in the woods before dawn with my hot boyfriend over on the path jogging in place. It was heinous. But this is what you have to do, right? This is, this is, there was nothing I could do. It was either that or in the pants. So, so it's over. I'm like, okay. And then I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do. I wasn't prepared for this. So I'm just still getting eaten and I'm still there. So my, my, my dearest Roy took off his shirt, ripped a giant piece off and threw it at me for some cotton fruit of the loom TP. So hero of my life. 
I told you this was going to get gross. So, okay, fine. So we're, we're okay. Get back on the path. Now I'm scratching my arms, my back. I'm just scratching, scratching, covered in bug bites, crying. So don't you dare tell anybody about this. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's go. Let's go. You're fine. Let's go. So I start running. Okay, fine. I start thinking, all right, calm your, calm down. This is fine. It's not the end of the world. Everyone goes to the bathroom. It's fine. No one's ever going to know about this. It's fine. So we start running. I stop crying. Thank you, thank you, Roy, for helping me. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. No big deal. I didn't see anything. It's fine. So we run. We run over the hill again into Sunny Isles. We get to our turnaround spot. Hydrate, have some hydration, have some energy gels. Turn around. All right, this is good. So we start running back. Now we're behind schedule because of all of this. I'm starting to think, okay, we got to hurry up because I got boot camp. I got to run boot camp. So we're running, we're running. Everything's going fine. We get back to the same area where I had had to stop and it happened again. My guts all of a sudden, this time very little warning, just said, oh, we're going to evacuate all the things. Uh, We don't care if you're ready. And so I had to just run over again, grab a tree handle the situation again Roy ripped another piece off his shirt took care of things off we go this time it was almost like no big deal you know I knew what to do no more emotions not crying about it this is just what happens sometimes and so finish our run and I'm stressed out because I got to get back for boot camp so we're running on the path Get back home, have just enough time. We're soaking wet with sweat. Yay, this is awesome. We got our training run in. It's 10 after 7. I have to do boot camp at 7.30. So quickly change the clothes. The doggy hadn't been out. Quickly grab all the gear. Run on down to boot camp. Bring the dog. Just get out there. Barely. I mean, just this is terrible. I have to have a little reset time. No reset time. You know, I'm dehydrated. I feel really sick because I got sick twice, you know, in that way. Anyway, get down there, do boot camp. Forgot a whole bunch of stuff for boot camp. There was some kind of like some weird energy in boot camp. We had some people kind of arguing, which never happens. Um, I was a mess. I couldn't use words. Words were not happening. I was tripping all over myself. We brought Gus. Nightmare. Don't ever bring your dog to boot camp. Um, There was kids at boot camp. It was a nightmare. Got done. Finally, come in the house, sit down. Both of us look at each other like, oh my gosh. I have a couple of hours before I have a client. I sit down cleaned up I made us a big breakfast we're sitting there and all of a sudden it hit me I looked at Roy I said Roy this morning before dawn you tore up your shirt and turned it into toilet paper for your girlfriend (laughs) and we started laughing so hard because all of a sudden it just hit me like that just happened he didn't miss a beat he didn't have one single emotional reaction he didn't hesitate it took care of it and there was never a thought there was never a laugh there was never it was just what does she need here it is the end let's keep moving and then when finally we could sit down it was the funniest thing here I was like don't you dare tell anyone and in that moment I'm like you know what this is going on the podcast because this is too funny and I need to remember that humans being humans is the most human thing that can happen. Now, I don't wish that on anybody. 
because it was very uncomfortable. And I had bug bites that scratched on my butt for like a week because bugs here are different than other places. They bite you and they turn into welts the size of half dollars and they itch for a full week. So that is, I mean, arms, legs, back, everywhere. But anyway, all that to say, there's really not a whole lot that can go wrong on a long run that could be worse than that. And so I'm ready to go. Now, when I go on long runs, my fanny pack has toilet paper, flushable wipes, um, second pair of pants, um, all the things, bug spray, all the things, but I don't know that that's going to happen again. I've since taken the fiber and the nuts and all those things back out of my diet in those quantities. We should be good. We did another long run last weekend. We did, um, three hours. We did 15 minutes, 15 miles, three hours. I didn't have any of those issues, but we also decided to run South so that I could, pull off and go into an establishment with a restroom like a normal person if that needed to happen, which it did twice. So luckily, marathons always have porta-potties on the route, so I'm no longer worried about it because as long as there's facilities. But still, it's not it's not comfortable. So I'm really hoping that that doesn't happen on the race, but at least I won't have to go in the woods. But the remaining portion of Roy's shirt is my now official sweat towel. It's my souvenir. It's going to Athens with me. It is the symbol of pretty incredible kindness, commitment, uh, love and action. I don't know what you want to call it, but that was uh, that was training run number two. We've got... Uh, um, <laughs> did you hear that? It's training run number two. I just said that. That was not on purpose. Um, anyway, so that's how training's going. This last training run, I did injure myself. I don't know what I did, but basically I'm not walking well. I'm unable to do anything. My back, my hips, my hamstring, and my groin muscles are all jacked. So I'm probably not going to do any more training at all until the marathon. We leave on November 9th, um, which right now is two weeks from tomorrow. So we're supposed to do our final long run on Monday the 31st. Uh, which would be 18 to 20. But considering I'm not walking right now without pain, I don't know that I'm going to do any more training runs. Because at this point, if I'm going to have a majorly painful, horrible long run, I'd rather have it be the marathon than the last training run. And then that make me wonder if I can actually do the race. Because I use my body for my livelihood. So I also do not want to like actually ruin my body. I think it's just a strain, a pull. I've been using shoes I normally don't wear. I don't really know. But Going to the chiropractor every day this week and stretching and foam rolling. And um, it's tough on 75 hard because I got to do two workouts. So yesterday was um, a really long walk. And then another workout that was half walk, half tricep moves. <laughs> and then this morning in the gym, I just did all shoulders. So that was one workout. And then later today, I have to do another workout. I'm thinking I'm going to try to ride my bike um, but because walking is actually more painful than anything else that I could possibly do. And it has to be an outdoor workout for workout number two. So I don't know. But anyway, that's the marathon saga. So they say, you know, does the bear poop in the woods? Um, so now it's crass, but that's kind of the funny thing. Does a Chrissy poop in the woods? Well, apparently so. So just a little recap talking about Roy. So I have not talked a lot about relationships on my podcast. I've talked about my 
my uh, first marriage, my divorce, my second marriage, my divorce. I had a destination date, which was stories about my dating experiences here in Miami. And then I stopped doing destination date episodes because I went on a date to get a date um, podcast uh, material. And I ended up getting Roy. <laughs> and so I met Roy on a, on a date that I was literally, I wanted to go on a date because I needed something to talk about on the podcast and I hadn't been on any dates and I met him. And unfortunately for the destination date podcast, which was tracking to be more popular than this one, um, I really hit it off with Roy. And so Roy has been around in my life now since April and there's been some like, you know, uh, interesting learning experiences because while I really, really, really wanted to find a partner, I mean, I, I love my life. I love being the CEO of my life. I love building businesses and I love my community here. I love being alone. I do really, really well alone. Um, I love my own company. So that was something I had to learn how to do. Um, after my relationships, each of them have changed and whatever with my divorces and then moving here. Um, I've had to learn how to be okay being alone. But at the end of the day, human beings are not built to be alone forever necessarily. That's why we crave connection. But I've struggled so hard with understanding myself and what's normal, what's expected and what might be dysfunctional. You know, I, I tend to be very hard on myself. Like what's wrong with me? Why can't I make this relationship work? Or why, it, why is this so hard for me? What's wrong with me? Without really understanding that there are parts of dating and parts of relationships that are hard for everyone. And that, that just makes me normal. And, um, and that I'm not, I'm not broken. I, uh, it makes me emotional. When when I have a really hard time in a dating situation, um, when something goes wrong or I, I'm struggling, you know, my first thought is, you know, I'm broken. You know, this this just proves that I'm broken. I'm damaged. Because when you've been divorced twice, um, no matter the situation, it's it's sometimes it's hard to really be convinced that it's not just that you're broken, that you attract bad people or that your picker is wrong or that, you know, like, especially with my second marriage, I went into that thinking that it was the end relationship of my life, that I was going to be with him forever. I never would have gotten married if I hadn't fully and totally and truly intended to be um, with him. I, it was the love of my life. It was the Disney fairy tale happy ending. And so um, because of how that ended, you know, it was alcoholism. Um there was this the narrative in my head that was so tempting to grab onto, even though I knew it was not true, even though he himself, of course, would never want me to believe that it was true. But it was easy for me to say, you know, there, I am so terrible to live with and I am such a pill that I, I drove him back to alcohol, that he couldn't stay sober with me because it was too hard. Now, I know that's a lie. That's not true. But in the lonely moments or when dating a new person and things aren't going perfectly well, that little whisper comes up. Yeah, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a pill. I'm hard to handle. I'm a nightmare. And, in, and, and it's, it's, it's been tough. It's been tough to overcome that. And, you know, I've dated some people a little bit here and there, and that has not worked out. And I felt very sure when those relationships ended that it was correct and and the right decision to leave those relationships. But um, 
there was always a little bit of a narrative in my own head that, you know, I'm not ready for this and I'm better off alone and it's going to take a really special person who can put up with me. Instead of the typical correct assumption that like, yeah, I'm not perfect and neither is anybody else and these people I've dated just weren't a good fit for me and I wasn't a good fit for them. The end. <laughs> and so anyway, when I met Roy, like we, um, when I met Roy, I was really, really, really attracted to his heart. He's got this just beautiful, sweet, dear, kind heart. Um, and I saw it right away. And so that was really the attraction. And it still is a ginormous part of the attraction. He's got a big, 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 beautiful heart. But it's, you know, it's been an interesting experience because we met while I was on show prep. So hormonal, hungry, um, tired, on a lot of supplements, not my normal, typical self. Um, And then, you know, he was here a lot. He's living in San Francisco. He's here a lot. So in each other's space, go from never knowing each other at all to being together all the time. That is not ideal. Um, And so just just a little bit of a rough stumble in kind of knowing how to structure the expectation of how it's supposed to be or what is normal or how things are supposed to feel. But... um, but despite some of those those things in my head, um, just an amazingly beautiful, terrific, incredible connection, and I'm so grateful. And things have really um, settled into a beautiful place, and I'm so excited. And so I talk about Roy a lot more in the podcast because, you know, I always talk about my life here. Um, I don't give uh, terribly detailed details about things because I respect the privacy of my um, people in my life but I also just I'm just so excited I want the whole freaking world to know that this man is my boyfriend and that I love and adore him and I respect him so much and I it's weird because I walk down the street and I just kind of want to like get everyone's attention and say hey hey this is mine (laughs) see him see this guy is mine and I've never really felt that way in a relationship I just really haven't. It's really, really fun. So all that to say, this girl's really happy and I don't really have any giant lessons about love except um, what I really wanted to, what I started to say before I started blabbing here and not having a coherent thought put together because I'm talking about love is um, just because something doesn't feel right doesn't mean it's always because there's something wrong with us. I was never broken. I'm not broken. But what I found out that I am is um, too set in my ways and very afraid of vulnerability and really, really unwilling or I have been unwilling to completely let anybody in. And I think part of that's smart. You don't want to just let anybody in and just like go balls to the walls with your emotions and um, without being smart. But so, so much unnecessary fear of vulnerability And I would probably postulate up until this experience that I was totally comfortable with vulnerability. And now I'm like, nope, I was the most anti-vulnerable person in the entire world. Um, And so, because it is, when when you really let yourself be seen, and for me to allow him to do nice things for me and take care of me is really hard because it's so amazing and by getting used to that and letting him do that and loving him doing that and 
basking in how wonderful it is to have somebody near who takes care of me means that if something happens and we don't work out, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to have, I'm going to miss that. And I realized that I, I often wasn't letting anybody really do anything nice for me or take care of me in that way because I didn't want to have anything to miss. I wanted to feel so in control that I could walk away and it wouldn't hurt. I could walk away and I wouldn't lose anything again. And I didn't even know that that's what I was doing. And so to more and more and more soften my heart and say, yeah, um, you can carry that for me. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you pay for dinner. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do the dishes. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so funny, but it's so amazing to have those little things. Um, they mean so much to me and, and I love it so much. And I letting, letting that love in means that means that I am vulnerable and that if I lost it I would feel loss and I've been guarding against that for so long so it's I I would normally say it's terrifying to be that vulnerable but it's not it's freeing to be that vulnerable and it's life-giving because what it does is then it frees all of that love inside of me to be able to give it right back And to be able to give more genuine love and think of, okay, I was taking a nap and he came and picked my foot up and put it back in the bed because it fell off the bed lovingly. Like that was such a loving thing. So now when I see him walking around, I'm thinking, how can I give that kind of love to this person? The love flows from me because he's flowing that love in and I'm letting it. Instead of typically I'd be like, I'm fine. Like, why are you, why are you doing that? I'm fine. I can pick my own leg up. Like, literally, that's how I was being. It was ridiculous. No, no, I'll carry my own stuff, okay? Like, gosh, I'm not helpless. Like, that's, that's the kind of reaction that I was having all the time. You do not have to be nice to me all the time. Leave me alone. Like, literally, shutting it down. And now I'm like, yes, um, you can carry that for me. <laughs> I, I could carry it, but it's so much nicer when you carry it. I mean, it's a small, silly thing, but you know what I mean. Anyway. <sighs> So if all my podcasts become schmoopy and sappy and sentimental, it's because of love, Mr. Roy. So happy girl over here. No more destination date episodes. If you start hearing them, you can, <laughs> again, there's a big problem. Um, maybe I'll go on more dates with Roy and then we'll do, we'll do episodes about them. I don't know. Um, that would be boring. Those Some of those destination dates, if you haven't listened to the destination date episodes, some of them are funny. I have been on some of the most heinous dates with the weirdest people. I swear to God. We still talk about the Brit. So the Brit lived at the spa that I work at. And I, when, I, when I took that job back there, I thought, oh my gosh, what if I run into him? Well, he moved. Oh, thank heavens. That would have been hashtag awkward. Uh, anyway. All right, that's all I have for you today on this episode. Now you've been updated on 75 Hard, um, going uh, number two in the woods, and the new love in my life. Aren't you glad I podcasted again? You're all sort of caught up. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. 
I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.